Hello and welcome to the Totally Clinical podcast brought to you by Techro. Totally Clinical is a deep dive into the freshest trends, big time challenges and most excellent triumphs of clinical trials. I'm Hannah, your host. Join me as I chat with industry experts, trailblazers, thought leaders and most importantly, the people benefiting from clinical research. So tune in, settle back and don't touch that dial. It's time to get Totally Clinical. This episode, I'm delighted to be joined by former CRA Maria Milas and site advocate Silvina Baudino to discuss why investigator meetings don't need to be so, wait for it, boring. Yes, you heard it right. Investigator meetings, or IMs for short, can be tedious and time consuming. So really a bit of a snooze fest. Yet Maria and Silvina believe this doesn't have to be the case and will explain how IMs have evolved over the years and solutions to how they can become more exciting. Welcome to the podcast, both of you. It's really great to have you on together again as regular contributors. And I'm so excited about the topic we're discussing today, because to be honest, I didn't really know much about IMs before and how they worked. And I was quite surprised about a few things I learned while researching. So how are you both doing? Hi, Hannah. It's so it's so good to be here, and and it's such an interesting topic because both Sylvina and myself actually come from um, um, a few investigator meetings not so long ago. So it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Yes, I second what Maria said, and we have been on both sides at least of the fence. I have been a site, and I have been a CRA and study manager, and now I am a service provider. So I have this perspective from the different points of view. And I would like to really share with all of you our experiences with investigator meetings. Brilliant. So let's get started. So not everyone listening to this podcast is going to be familiar with investigator meetings, how they function, etc. So Silvina, let's go back to basics. Could you explain what an investigator meeting is? Yes, uh, I will be happy to. And I have been going and participating in different ways in investigator meetings for some decades. So I have a lot of experience with them from the ice age when everything was paper and different. So I think that investigator meetings have evolved. The only thing that didn't evolve is the name. We are still calling them investigator meetings. But the purpose of the investigator meeting is for, uh, for the study team, the opportunity to get together with site representatives uh, vendors, like different people that are part of the study, the sponsor and the CRO, if there is a CRO participating, to discuss an early stage before, in general, the study is activated, the protocol, answer questions, provide additional information about the study, and all the processes that involve the study, help the sites to understand the best way to conduct the study. Many times, these uh, different presentations that people receive during the investigator meeting, so the audience is mostly sites and site staff, they are considered like training. So I think that we are still calling investigator meetings this type of events because in the past was mostly directly to investigators. Study coordinators' role were not widely recognized in the past, but now, like everybody knows the importance of a study coordinator when you're talking about conducting a clinical trial, because really the study coordinator is the key of all the operational procedures at the site. So investigators recognize that, and for them it's very important to have that person with them during the investigator meeting 
and it's not um, is not less frequent than before to see in some investigator meetings more study coordinators than investigators attending because maybe the doctors are busy in their schedules and they cannot attend, but they rely on their study coordinators to participate, get the information, and they go back to the sites and share with the rest of the site staff. I don't know, Maria, if you would agree with that. Oh, absolutely. Indeed. I would maybe just add that um, in the investigator meetings nowadays, we also have a huge attendance from the study teams, right? We have um, the project managers, uh, we have the study managers, we have the CRO, uh, the CRAs, um, we have the medical managers as well. And especially for the CRAs, it's one of the main um, moments, the most relevant moments in the study themselves, not only because of the, all the trainings that you've mentioned, Sylvina, but also because it's the first moment in the study where you get to meet and to see face-to-face and to, to, to be introduced to the sites that you are going to manage. Now, hopefully, most of your sites are going to attend to the investigator meeting. And as you said, we're going to hopefully have the investigator and the study coordinator of each site um, at least. But it, it's, it gives you an occasion to have this first contact with them outside of the clinic environment. And it allows you maybe to spend some more time with them, um, chat through the study with them, chat through the um, assessments, through the vendors, chat through um, any questions that they might have even before actually initiating. And it's somehow even a, a, a preparation, a, a, a pre-SIV, right, um, um, moment where you can where you can make sure that Sometimes even the series come with with maybe I can prepare my site so that the SIV is going to take even less time or it's going to be less stressful because we know that the initiation to the SIV is going to to be a very stressful um, uh, visit for you and for your sites as well because it's extremely dense and intense. So sometimes these investigator meetings are even a preparation for the SIV itself. It's really interesting hearing both of you talk about investigator meetings because when I first heard the term I just didn't think so many people would be involved uh, and they just sound a little bit complex. Maria could you explain more about your experiences of investigator meetings? Absolutely and 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 um, I would like to actually come with one specific example and 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 picture this with me. I think it will give us a, a, a more clear vision of what an investigator meeting is. So I used to be a CRA in Spain for one of the top known CROs. So we were having this investigator meeting in Vienna. It was in, in this case, it was a phase three oncology study that I was going to monitor um, um, with, oh, I can't remember the number of sites, but, but around seven, eight sites in, in Spain. So we went to this investigator meeting. It was held at the hotel, huge hotel with huge meeting rooms. And in those meeting rooms, we stayed for four days. Now, when I say four days, you might think, oh, well, you know, you will have some meetings, then you can catch up with your email, then you can catch up with your site. No, it was four intense days of meetings, of trainings, of talks from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. every single day of these four, um, four, four meeting days. Now, how do you look like? Well, PowerPoints after PowerPoints after more PowerPoint. So let's, let's, let's picture the first day. First and second day was dedicated for the study teams, meaning you're going to have the P, the project managers, the study manager, the CRAs, and the medical monitors together going through the protocol, 
operational aspects, assessments, um, um, and, this, and then the second day would be for the study team again. So um, on the second day, you're going to go through the vendors one by one. In that specific study, and I will re always remember, we had 14 vendors between the EDC and then specific to the study, an imaging vendor, an, a specific assessments vendor, the lab, the log, the central lab, PROs, um, um, all type of vendors. So we spent a full day with presentation going through each of these vendors. Now, the third and fourth day came in where the investigators and the study coordinators joined us and we did the exact same thing all over again. Day three, a review of the protocol, a review of the operations, a review of the assessments, a review of, of, of risks that we anticipated in the study. So as a CRA, you go through it again. As sites, you go through it for the first time, but it's a third day of intense um, uh, training again. Fourth day is going to be the same as the second day for the CRAs and for the medical managers, going through the vendors that participate in the study, reviewing them together with your sites so that you make sure that if there's, what's the reason why we're going through this again? Well, your sites are present there and some of them are international, right? And you know, it, the main language that we're going to deliver these trainings in is English, of course, but especially in Europe, not all of our investigators are going to be very fluent in English. So if you go through these trainings and you have your local CRAs, it's easier for them if there's questions or doubts or that you might want to clarify to go to your CRA, right? And then you and you go through these um, difficulties and, and doubts together. So it was four full days that require your full attention. And remember, it's four full days while your backlog of the other clinical trials that you're managing is still accumulating and your concern of when you're getting back to it, to your regular life, to your daily life, it's it's just, it, it keeps increasing, it, build, it keeps building up. Wow, Maria, that sounds exhausting and stressful and to be honest, a little bit boring. I mean, to go over the same things again and again. <laughs> Sylvina, <laughs> would you use the B word? to describe IMs. No one wants to be accused of being boring, do they? I know. So investigator meetings used to be different. So first, because trials were not as complex as they are right now, and investigators tend to go all to the same investigator meeting in one place of the world. Well, now we have a lot of regional, like Americas, Europe, Asia, different investigator meetings in the past were just one investigator meeting with everybody attended from different parts of the world. So the sponsors recognized the effort from some of the site staff, investigator and study coordinators, maybe taking a many hour flight to be there. So they used to have some, in addition to all these presentations that Maria described, some off-site activities, like if you're in a place where the wineries go to a winery and have a tour and learn about how people make wine or different things. But um, with the time, there were a lot of concern from regulatory authorities about sponsors kind of bribing investigators into investigator meetings to participate in different studies. So uh, things changed and they became more like straightforward, as Maria explained. Anyway, I think that um, obviously virtual component has changed everything too. There are like more things that you can do virtually and we learn a lot about that with COVID. But 
I think that the essence of the essence of the investigator meetings remain the same, but we need to adjust to the new time. So what Maria described of four full days, they, they, you know, you will never see an uh, investigator meeting that long anymore because for any sponsor that wants to do it for this investigator meeting, nobody will be, you know, happy to attend and they will refuse to. So investigator meetings tend to be shorter now. One, two days, one day and a half, I think is the norm. And they are trying to pack all that same information in less time. So you can imagine how intense they are. I bet the wineries were really popular. <laughs> um, so they kind of went backwards in a way, if we can call it that. Why do you think this happened and that they're structured like this? Is it an unwilling, is there an unwillingness to change at all, Maria? I wouldn't say so, Hannah. I think it's it's just a it's it's just a we've we've always done it this way, right? And and as Slovenia says, we've we've had to find um um a, a way that we can put together a lot of training, a lot of content and deliver it to the team, to everybody who's going to participate, and try to do it in the most efficient and, and precise way so that the information is transmitted. So I think it's just we 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 are replicating what we think kind of works from previous experiences, and also think that usually those who are going to organize and prepare um, put together these investigator meetings are the project managers, and the IMs are just one task on their to do list, right? So there's no time in their schedule, let's say, to think of ways to innovate to think outside of the box, because again, as I just said, they have dozens of, of, of tasks that they need to do at the beginning of the trial and the investigator meeting is just one of them. And another um, um, aspect that I would, I, I also thought as a CRA is sometimes you don't give a voice to the attendees. So you are focused on delivering and all these trainings because Again, this information is extremely essential, and we have to go through this information because you cannot avoid, uh, you cannot, you cannot afford um, having mistakes and protocol deviations and serious breaches happen in your study. So you want to avoid them and 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 do risk mitigation, right? But sometimes we don't give a voice to the attendees. We are so stuck on those infinite responsibilities that we have to do. Um, um, even that even during the investigator meeting, we're already thinking of what is next? What do I have to do when this meeting finishes at 6 p.m.? What do I have to do when I'm back from this investigator meeting? So we don't allow time to give feedback, to share together what we could do better. Maybe, you know, CRAs could come up with new or more innovative ideas or 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 just maybe sometimes even take responsibility over some of the sections in the investigator meeting, maybe do some workshops, maybe just just think, yeah, give the space, have the space of how space and time, as I said, space and time to how we could do better other than perceive the investigator meeting as one of the tasks on the to do list when you initiate a study. Yeah, you know what, Hannah and Maria, I also think that um, I heard this week somebody said that our industry is an industry of evolution and not for revolution. So and that is true, you know, things takes time. But I think that uh, during COVID, everybody learned, especially in, in our world in healthcare, that 
you know, we have technology and you, we can tap into that as needed. I think that we are always extreme and because during COVID, nobody could attend to investigator meetings and it was very important to keep clinical research going. They moved to 100% virtual investigator meeting, which has been challenging to engage and really having people to participate because one of the most important things for the investigators, study coordinators, site staff, but also for the project teams, it's during the in-person investigator meeting, that opportunity to exchange, to, you know, exchange experiences, to meet each other, to see each other, and, you know, to share a moment. As Maria said, not in the clinic setting, you know, different hospitals, maybe investigators or study coordinators that work in the same therapeutic area, and they have this opportunity, the investigator meetings to see each other and to, you know, have a conversation about this trial or maybe other trials they are conducting. So now that we have, we are, our lives are back to normal or almost normal, and there are some investigator meetings coming back to in-person, I think that we could use technology to do some pre-work. And I have seen that in investigator meetings this year. So um, the sponsor, the project team provides to the site staff before the investigator meeting some information up front so they can really be prepared. And then when they come to the investigator meeting, have shorter sessions and really more discussion because if you already know some of the content that will be presented, then you can go to the investigator meeting and make them more, you know, more participation from both sides instead of just somebody from the sponsor in the CRO giving a lecture and just the site listening. So if you do some pre-work and prepare, then you can have a more interactive session that is better for everybody. So Maria, do you have any other potential solutions that could be adopted to make IMs more engaging? Oh, Hannah, I'm a fan of workshops. <laughs> as engaging and as fun as we can as, as we can think of them. Because rather than focusing on going through all the content, I think workshops would help us focus on the key elements of what we want to take home with us of these investigator meetings. So um Maybe when we're reviewing the vendors or, or the tools that we're going to have in the study, maybe we could try to make these trainings that Sylvina said more engaging, more hands-on, more visual, and even more, why not, disruptive, so that when we go home, it sticks with you. It stays in your mind. You will remember. I know I'm, I'm, I'm pretty known now by always using cat um, slides, and I know it's everybody likes kitties, so of course I'm going to use kitty slides, but it's more because... Instead of having those PowerPoints full of text that they're all the same, that they're always in, you know, black and white, the boring kind of PowerPoints, if you can just associate that information and that content to an image that's disruptive, that's going to be different, that's going to stick with you. We're visual creatures, right? Most of them, a huge um, percentage of, of, the, of, of the human um, um, population. So just trying to do things yeah, in a more disruptive way, thinking outside of the box, having the time to think outside of the box, um, because we we do want the participants at the investigator uh, meetings to just go home or go to the clinics and start the, the, the trials having actually retained the information that we are providing them. So I'm a fan of workshops. So let's move on to optimism. How optimistic are you that you will see change? with investigator meetings, Sylvina? 
I am optimistic. And honestly, I have the chance to attend to some investigator meetings in different countries this year. And one of the things that we were able to do in the in-person investigator meeting is to have a booth or a table. So not just us, but other vendors. So when sites go to investigator meetings, maybe our presentation is short. But instead of trying to pack everything in a few minutes presentation and overwhelm people, we provide just information that they need, but we are available. So during the breaks, they can come, they can talk to us, learn more and, you know, make their specific maybe side questions that they have. So that I think is really useful and it's better use of everybody's time. And the other thing I must say that's technology. I have seen like a investigator means in which the sponsor gives iPads to all the attendees so they can answer polls during the investigator meetings. And in this way, everybody's checking understanding. And if there is a poll and they are not answering in the right way, so the presenter can go through specific topics that they were discussing in that presentation. I think that I see some really intention to make the, the investigator meetings more interesting and more helpful for everybody. Because at the end of the day, the reason why we're doing this investigator meeting is because we want to have a successful clinical trial for everybody. So I think that there are many ways to get to the same objective to well, achieve the same goal in a better process to get there. So I think I am optimistic. I agree, Sylvina, with you, definitely. And maybe even I'm optimistic because we need change, as in it, it's coming. Like if, if you think, as we were saying, right, you were saying before that um, I used to go, I, I went to this investigator meeting that was four days. We can't afford that anymore. The investigator meetings don't, don't, are not uh, that long anymore. Before, also, at least in, in Europe, we, even investigator, investigators, study coordinators or, or CRAs, we, we wanted to go to these investigator meetings because it provided you the chance to visit new countries or to know new places around the world and bring your families on, on, on these work trips. But nowadays it's so much easier to actually have these personal trips. So that's one less attractive aspect to, to go to an investigator meetings. But if on top of that, we make these investigator meetings intense, boring and stressful and, and, and so dense, why would we want to go to it? And we can definitely see how the attendance of the um, invited at, um, um, target attendance to the investigator meetings has decreased incredibly. We, we, the last investigator meeting that we went to, we were expecting 300 attendees. We had very little, few, few uh, more than 100. So absolutely, I am very optimistic that change has to come. That's a very positive note to end on. So thank you so much for coming on. Um, we're going to wrap things up now. But one last question. If the changes you suggested are implemented, will investigative meetings be more fun for you and less boring? <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. I can think I if, if I still was a CRA, but even now, if we make them fun and we make them light and we make them something that we can look forward to even. Um, I'm having an investigator meeting next week. Yay, I want to go to. Absolutely. I would love to go to as many as possible. I agree. And I think that the investigator meeting set the tone for the study. So if with a good start, everybody positive and in collaboration, this is something that will translate during the duration of the trial. So yes, definitely. Let's just hope this happens. 
Thank you both so much for today. It's definitely been fun. See you next time. Thank See you, Hannah. Bye-bye. And that's your dose of Totally Clinical. For all the listeners out there, you can follow Tecra on LinkedIn and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And of course, download the Totally Clinical podcast on Apple, Spotify and Google. See you on your next visit and remember to bring your friends. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.